Welcome to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. I'm Heidi Rue, co-owner and voice talent, and Atlanta VoiceOver Studio offers voiceover training as well as a recording studio for professional sessions. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com is our video tutorial site, so you can learn on your own schedule no matter where you're at. And our mission here is to elevate, equip, and inspire. So on this podcast, that's why we do this podcast, you're going to hear monthly interviews from industry professionals that can help you navigate your voiceover career. And today I'm so excited because we are talking video games with Andrea Chang. She's the audio director with High Res Studios here in Atlanta, or just a little north of Atlanta. I consider it Atlanta. It's Atlanta's like a big place, right? So it's yeah. okay. Atlanta. Well, we can say Atlanta. Um, Andrea, I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much. I know we have so many questions for you. Um, but before we start even on some of the questions about video games and stuff, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you are a video game audio director at High Res Studios. Tell us how you ended up in that position because you have a really cool story. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me here. Um, I definitely am loving it here in Atlanta. It's actually my first time in the South. And Ooh. so, um, yeah, it's it's been an awesome experience. And uh, yeah, I mean, I had a great conversation with Heidi. And so, um, yeah, I'm really happy to be here and share some of my experience with you guys. Um, so yeah, like I actually started as um, with a music background and I was thinking, oh, I want to be Hans Zimmer. You know, I want to go into film scoring and all that. Um, so, you know, study music in college and, uh, you know, assisted some composers and realized quickly, yeah, that's maybe not the path for me. You know, um, the work-life balance was just not really there. Um, and so uh, at the time, um, so I went to UCLA for my undergrad and then USC for graduate school and the film scoring program. And they also had a really great video game program. And I started to work with a lot of the students there and collaborate with them and uh, became really close with the head of the department there who ended up, you know, connecting me with a lot of his contacts in the Silicon Valley. And at that time, you know, I didn't really have that much experience sound designing, but you know, I was just like, sure, why not? <laughs> and so that's kind of how I got my feet when I just went in and jumped on projects, um, you know, with like little sound design knowledge, but kind of learned on the job and freelanced a bunch with the companies in the Silicon Valley. And I was like, oh, I think I want to do this for real, you know, and uh, realized it required a lot more technical chops than I currently had at the time. Um, and so, yeah, I decided that I wanted to go to uh, audio engineering school to kind of level up on that. So went to Arizona um, Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences, which is an awesome school for that. Um, and yeah, and then shortly after that, I um, landed a job at EA Electronic Arts uh, doing as a sound designer um, for a game called Dawngate. <laughs> it was a MOBA style game that had kind of an unfortunate ending to it. But, you know, it was a great experience, great learning experience as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I worked on that for a couple of years and then uh, kind of decided that I wanted to, you know, it, because it was a very <laughs> uh, involved, like, and traumatic experience at the end, I was like, oh, I kind of don't know if I want to do games anymore. And so um, decided to uh, go into something completely different, um, ended up working at Microsoft um, 
uh, on the HoloLens as the audio lead on um, an HoloLens app called ActionGram. Uh, and then from there, joined the central audio team at Microsoft, uh, where I worked on a lot of the um, developing, helping to develop the sonic language of a lot of the Windows apps and the, you know, HoloLens apps. And we did a lot of uh, prototyping for audio and on tools that can just um, help support all of the uh, projects across Windows and HoloLens and all the different platforms. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I, but I do kind of miss games and everything. And so, um, yeah. And so then at that time, I also, you know, had a baby. (laughs) It was like a lot of different moving parts. Yeah. Lots going on in your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so in the end, um, ended up going back into games at high res. And so, yeah, I moved pretty much from, you know, in the Bay area for electronic arts to Washington, Seattle in, uh, for, Microsoft and then moved all the way across the country to Atlanta for high res. And I've been here for about um, a little bit over two years now trying to build up the audio team here. Uh, And um, yeah, and that touches all aspects, sound design, VO, music, um, pretty much. So we, we support audio for all of our games uh, and also all the cinematics as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and my journey here. And have you, has y'all like (laughs) slipped into your vocabulary at all yet? Oh, it's, it's like, it's like learning a new language for sure. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone, I mean, uh, (laughs) y'all. A little bit of that. Yeah. So Uh, I'm still getting used to it. (laughs) I know. I know. It is a different language. So I'm so curious, Andrew, and and I know that things may have changed a little bit uh, through COVID, but what does like a typical day you look like? (laughs) Yeah, that is a really hard question because every day is just so different, you know. Um, And, you know, it also depends on what projects we have going on and what state they're in. You know, this past year, uh, we've been really focusing on Rogue Company, which is one of our emerging games. And so that game requires a lot more hand like, you know, hands-on, uh, mm-hmm. from me. So, you know, some of that actually involved like sound designing, uh, when we don't have designers to cover that. And some of that involved outsourcing, right? So like, you know, when our internal team can't handle that, we need to outsource that sound design as well as VO recording, as mm-hmm. well as, you know, all that stuff, um, to vendors. Right. And so someone has to review that work. So I spent a decent amount of my time reviewing, the work from both inter- the internal team as well as the outsource vendors um, for every game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that is like that takes up like a lot of my day on top of just you know normal meetings for each of the games with each of the development teams. Um, yeah, and so you know whether it's more functional meetings like that involve like like oh this feature needs X Y and Z right. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, uh, like meeting with a vendor because they have questions on the project mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, I have like one-on-ones with each of my team members and, um, you know, just helping them grow in their career and seeing how we can optimize our workflows so that they can, you know, get the most out of it uh, as well. So, you know, it, it varies a lot. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> A lot of meetings, a lot of reviewing things, um, you know, some hands-on stuff. But mm. yeah, pretty much crosses all of the 
categories. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, of course, on top of that, you're a mom, too. So there's, yeah. a, lot. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot. Oh, my goodness. That's well, like another full time. Oh, product. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can imagine. So how did, I mean, I know obviously COVID changed kind of um, how you guys were. I mean, you know, you're now virtually having these meetings. Right. But how did COVID affect the opportunities for a voiceover talent within video games? Yeah, I mean, it was super hard because, you know, before it was just judging the talent, right? Like, oh, does is this voice right? Is this personality right? Is this accent right? You know, but then it became like, do they have the proper setup, right? Or can we get them to a studio to get it recorded with a proper setup, right? Mm-hmm. And so both of those things, you know, like there are a lot of hurdles with that, right? Like, um, you know, if, and also like, how do you ensure that, right? Like there's a lot of times when we would record or, you know, we would get into the recording session and then realize, oh man, you know, that like we, you know, we didn't necessarily suss it out completely. And like, there's echoes everywhere, <laughs> you know, um, and we would have to rebook. Right. And so I think the recording quality became at the forefront for a lot of the COVID mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, then it became like looking into, okay, what, like, if we really want this actor, what do we have to do? We have to like send them one of those recording kits, right. To like make sure they they're properly set up. Um, and, you know, we did something similar to that with um, Dr. Disrespect for Row Company where, you know, he's like a very famous streamer and, you know, we actually bought a mic for him <laughs> and sent it to him. Wow. Um, so yeah, you know, there's just a lot of, different challenges that came up that we would have never thought about, you know? So yeah, it was interesting for sure. Did it open it up to be able to search more though for voice talent all over versus like in certain areas? Because a lot of times for a while, people would say, if you want to do video video games or if you want to do animation, you need to move to LA to do that. Mm. But has that changed at all? Or is is high-res just different and you guys have always kind of used talent all over? (laughs) Um, no, I think we've used talent all over pretty much. And we're also like, you know, thinking about using talent, like possibly overseas too, because like, you know, there are a lot of restrictions with the SAC, like, you know, union Mm -hmm. and we are a non-union production. Right. And Mm -hmm. so like over there, there's also no union. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think like in general, like, uh, the struggles are just different with COVID and we originally wanted to, kind of, uh, you know, work with a lot of local talent from Atlanta too, right? And we actually got our whole VO room built and everything and calibrated and all that. And then and then COVID hit and then we're like, yeah. oh, we're not going to be in the, you know, in the rooms anymore, right? And so mm-hmm. um, that kind of put a wrench in our plans of like, you know, trying to grow things locally and organically, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of what I wanted to do, right? Because I think there is just a lot more, like it's, there's nothing wrong with like the, um, you know, doing things virtually, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I think there is just an additional like uh, element of interaction and, and just like, magic that happens when you're like in person and especially for VO, because that affects the performances, you know, and you get to, it's not just like a, 
an avatar (laughs) like that you see on a screen like saying things at you right (laughs) um and you know I think that plays a huge part in in actors and actresses like performance of something Mm -hmm. right like like feeling that energy and understanding where the feedback is coming from versus just like kind of a more sterile (laughs) voice coming at you from nowhere right um so yeah I think that was kind of um some of the yeah struggles as well as the pivots that we've had to make with VO. Yeah. With yeah. Do you think that you guys will continue uh, to try and do that once things start to kind of ease up and people are able to be together again? Um, I think that that would be great if we could. I, it's just like, I have to take a day to day right now because sure. it's just like, there's so many unknowns just to everything, you know? Right. And so um, it'll really depend on in the direction of our studio, the direction of, you know, like our company too, like, you know, seeing if most people will either work remotely or, or not, you know, that'll, that'll affect whatever resources we have too. So, um, yeah, I think that's largely to be determined, but I, yeah, I would love that if we Mm. could do that. So yeah, I would definitely push for that. Yeah. You know what? That's a good answer. And I think that it's something that I feel like we've all started just getting more accustomed to is like, we think it, we've thought things would happen a certain way this year and then nothing happens (laughs) the way. And so pretty soon you just get to use to going, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Just have to go with the flow. We'll just do what we can when we can and and see how it goes. (laughs) Now, Andrea, um, this is a question that is interesting and somebody else had mentioned it too, but it's something that I've thought about because Mm -hmm. in commercial VO, you know, right now that the, the voice that people are wanting is natural, real, non-announcery, you know, mm. kind of quirky. Is there anything like in video games where it's like, okay, this is the type of voice that everyone's wanting right now? Um, mm. You know, is it is or does that just not happen in video games? Well, I think that in general, most video games do have an announcer of some sort, right? So like, I think that like, if you want to place a safe bet on that, that's probably, (laughs) you know, something that will likely be in every game. But, you know, there are many different directions to go for the announcer, right? Like, um, you know, and some of them are functional, right? Like some of them are like, I want our characters to be like quirky and fun and like, you know, whatever and colorful, right? Mm -hmm. But then have our announcer be more black and white and be like, the tower has been destroyed, you know, right? Yeah. Um, versus the tower has been destroyed, right? Like, <laughs> Which you, is you, what I would probably do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, I think it depends on the game, but, um, you know, there's, I feel like video games are a bit more diverse where there's like a lot of different characters that, you know, especially with Smite, like, um, which is our, one of our MOBA games that, like it's in a fantasy world. And so like all the different types of characters come out from there, like even things that don't exist come out, right? And so I think that opens up for a lot of um, creative possibilities and it actually is more inclusive, you know, than Mm -hmm. maybe some of the other mediums. Um, So, I mean, there is room for like a more standard voice, like a more announcer voice, but there's also room for quirky and there's also room for like, you know, scary and like uh, emo and, you know, (laughs) the list goes on and on and on. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think like uh, our games are just really diverse, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's something really good about that where, you know, we have the like, uh, non-realistic side or 
uh, yeah, non-realistic, more fantasy side of Smite. But then we also have like Row Company, which is more realistic. And like, you know, these people are actually from France or from, you know, Japan or, or wherever it is, right? And so, you know, there's opportunities for different types of voices and and cultures and and performances. So yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, that is great. And such a good, good <laughs> reminder for, for us all. Because there are some times yeah. where like there are certain trends, but it's just a good reminder that there's so many different genres of voiceover. And so no matter right. what happens in commercial, you're going to be able to find a place somewhere, you know, even if right now your voice isn't as, you know, yeah, in yeah. trend <laughs> commercially. Um, so in the video game world, credits, are they important? Do they even matter at all? Um, I would say that, like, I think it's mixed, right? Like, I feel like if you have great credits you know, people are going to be like, oh, that's great, you know? But then like, I think it's also more importantly is like, does this voice fit the role that mm -hmm. we're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, what is having great credits kind of exemplify, right? Like maybe that exemplifies that that, that talent is just really good at performing and like nailing every character and understanding that character. Right. And maybe that's why they are able to get all of those roles. Right. So like, um, I wouldn't say that it adds or takes away. I mean, you know, it's like having a good resume, right? Like, you know, people like that's always a bonus. Right. Sure. But like, I think if you have a good resume, but then the voice doesn't fit like what you're looking for, then it doesn't really matter. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I would say like, the fit is more important, but having a good resume behind that, like definitely helps contribute to be like, you know, build confidence and be like, okay, yeah. you know, this is someone who has collaborated with a, on a lot of different projects with different people. And, you know, it establishes confidence that this is a really great talent to right. work with. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, let's talk auditions for a little bit. I've got a couple mm -hmm. questions about that. Um, improv on video game auditions. Is that a plus or a negative or it just doesn't even matter as long as it benefits um, the character? Yeah. I mean, I would say like, you know, that is <laughs> going to be really dependent on each client. Right. Okay. And so, you know, for me, like, I feel like, um, you know, a lot of times the writing, the person who writes it doesn't necessarily like know specifically for more realistic character, like, of like, like just say, um, you know, we like an Irish character or something, right? Like maybe the writer for that, um, you know, isn't necessarily Irish or whatever, but then they like, they were tasked to write this. Right. So I do think that like, if you do have knowledge that you're confident, confident about in that culture, then mm -hmm. yeah, definitely go for it because, you know, that will just give you an edge and be like, Oh yeah, this person, like, really gets this character, right? Really like understands like what that character would say <laughs> if they were them. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I would probably also just like qualify that with like, before you do that, like, you know, just check to make sure that, you know, the client is good with that. Right. So. Yeah. And what about take number of takes for auditions? Because most of the time, even with commercials, you know, two takes is something that you know, a lot of people say to do, and it shows that you have range. Um, yeah. Is that the same with video games or does it really matter or? 
Um, I would probably put your stronger take first because uh, like, you know, if they only listen for a couple seconds or, you know, or, you know I, I don't know how long, but like, that's also your first impression, right? And so you just want to put your best foot forward and like what you think that take of the character is like in your head, like, you know, like um, if you feel like the second... what they're looking for, then I would probably just not include that at all. Um, but if you feel like both are equally strong takes, like, I, you know, definitely that's fine to include, but, um, I would probably just like do them all together. <laughs> like, you know, if, if, if one take is like, oh, this is like the bolder approach versus this is the more like, you know, sensitive or compassionate approach, or whatever it is, yeah. right? Like, you know, do those lines first and then do the other version of it. Oh, so instead of doing the whole thing through like bold, do like a line bold and then the second line more um, like sensitive. Yeah, so usually usually we only have like three to five lines in our casting calls. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, they're usually not that not that long, but I would definitely put the stronger one in front. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then what about audio settings or audio? Is there an audio setting that's standard as far as volume goes for video games? Because I know we've gotten a lot of breakdowns that are very specific and say like negative 18 dB or something like that, which normally for like commercial auditions, a lot higher um, as far as like volume goes. Um, is there like a standard for audio uh, for video games? And is that because of efforts or... Uh, for auditions, I don't know if there's a standard for that, um, but I would just say like, you know, make sure just I, I would focus probably more on the quality of okay. it, you know, make sure that like it sounds like it's from a decent mic and you don't have like a lot of noise in the background, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think because in general, like <laughs> video games compared to other industries like, you know, film or TV, like they like film and TV has very strict standards for, for, uh, you know, volume levels. Right. But then video games, if you play any video games, you can hear they're all over, the, all over, you know, in terms of volume levels, which is, you know, probably something we should discuss later on. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say like, you know, just, just use your, like, um, yeah, just use your ears, you know, like, yeah. I think like, and, and just, um, like, yeah, I would, I would probably just go somewhere in the middle. Don't do mm-hmm. like obviously too compressed, but like, uh, make sure it's still audible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, great. Um, Andrea, I know that we, you and I talked a little bit about this, but mocap. So <laughs> I believe that you guys mainly outsource that to vendors. Is that right? Or Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We mainly outsource that. Um, we, cause we don't have an internal mocap stage mm-hmm. um here yeah. okay and that is and is that mainly in LA or Texas or um I think it's in LA okay but, uh, I think it's gonna be different for each game yeah like I think for Roco Row Company that one is in LA but yeah I'm I'm not completely certain on that <laughs> yeah and you may not know the answer to this question but would mocap would that fall under like the Georgia tax credit by any chance? Could that could there be a possibility of more mocap coming here because of that? Um, I think for mocap, like, uh, and I 
I'm not an expert. On this, yeah. so I just want to qualify. Um, but if you are using like, uh, so it depends on like what part of the body mm-hmm. you're using. Right. So like if it's a face, then, then you have to worry about like, Oh, is this like union or non-union person? Uh, right. Okay. But then if you're just like doing the body, like if it's like a dance or, you know, whatever it is, like, then it's a little bit less. Uh, I, I don't think there are, um, as many restrictions with that. Um, and so, you know, I I think it depends on the game that, you know, that is needing the mocap. I think Mm -hmm. for row companies specifically, we don't have very much mocap that is like involving the face so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think like definitely though, for both like mocap as well as like VO, like, I feel like in general, having that tax credit thing for Georgia is very enticing. And so, um, yeah, I would definitely hope that some companies, you know, really uh, pay attention to that and mm-hmm. and, take, and seize that opportunity. So, yeah. yeah. Um, there were uh, several people that asked about, you know, pitching um, to high res and to other companies, which I know we already kind of covered that in our bonus Mm-hmm. Um, which if anyone's listening, you can go watch that on our social media channels. Um, and all the links are in the show notes here to be able to get to the social media channels. Um, but I know that you do work with some vendors, some out, you know, do some outsourcing for like even hiring some of the voice talent or, you know, um, how, how could like voice talent, like, do you think that voice talent could pitch to them? And if so, how do we go about finding that? And like who to talk to or who to send our stuff to? Yeah. So um, I would say like one long standing VO vendor that we've worked with is Okatron. Um, and so, you know, uh, I would definitely like, you know, feel free to reach out to them. Like, I'm I'm not sure exactly what their uh, pitching process is, but, um, you know, I like, I'd be happy to connect you with, um, you, uh, the person who's in charge there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. In general though, I think like if you are looking to get into the industry, like that is definitely a good way to go. Um, uh, you know, whether it's a high res game or not high res game, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of video game companies do outsource the VO, um, casting part of it to, Um, a vendor because, you know, it's just, it's hard to do everything internally for VO, especially if you have a ton of VO. Um, So yeah, I mean, like, I, like, I think it depends on your location too, but like, you know, I, I know that there's also just a lot of agents out there (laughs) that help with that kind of thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, you know, part of voiceover, if people do want to start like marketing themselves. And in, even yeah. in addition to um, agents, one of the hardest things can just be like, who do I look for? Because, you know, you can, as far as like, you think about commercial, okay, well, maybe advertising agencies, but then who, you know, there's only certain people, advertising agents that really even work with like choosing voice talent or or directing them. And so I just was wondering, like, do people, would people even Google just like, video game developers or video game casting or do you know? Yeah, I would say like VO casting is a good thing to Google. Like, you know, if you look for, um, you know, production studios that 
provide that service, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether you're in LA or, or here, like, I, obviously there's going to be a lot more in LA, but then, you know, maybe they do like, you, you know, with Source Connect, anything's possible, right? Sure. And so, uh, you know, that should I, be I their tagline, <laughs> right? Source Connect, where anything is possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I would say like, you know, there's tons of like studios in there, like in, in LA, you know, that I think, um, you know, especially with COVID, that probably is a benefit of COVID, right? Like that, you know, recording remotely, is a thing. And so, um, yeah, I would probably recommend just like looking for BO casting, like studios that provide that service. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) One last question for you, Andrea. So what kind of training would you recommend to someone to be prepared to audition for video games? (laughs) That is a hard question. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say like, ob- like obviously practice makes perfect, right? And so like, you know, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that like, I-, I think you definitely should take like VO acting classes if you can, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that it- that will definitely help because that's like, e- like, you know, just being exactly in that industry, right? Like, you know, there are just some core fundamentals that you need to know from that, right? right. Um, but I mean, I think like, just acting in general is helpful um, because like also if you are looking to get into mocap, right? Like then your face, <laughs> your face and your body language and all of that matters, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you might sound great, right? Um, but then like your body may not like, your body also has to reflect how you sound, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I think like a holistic approach is really good because that like, you know, even if you are just in a VO session, like, you know, sometimes just going through the motions of like how this person would act, like helps make the performance more authentic or more just like part of that character, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So I would definitely say like, you know, uh, in terms of training, um, probably those two uh, would be good. And then, um, you know, just like collaborating with any projects that you can, like, I I would say like that, just getting your, your um, feet wet. Right. Like, cause you know, you can only learn so much from like books or from classes and whatever, but like, once you actually do it, then you're like, oh man, you know, that was a totally different experience. Or like, you know, I totally like, uh, learned what my weaknesses were or what my strengths were. Right. And like, and, and, and then next time I will like, like learn how to overcome those. Right. And so, um, I think it, informs a lot about yourself when you just put yourself in those situations where you just jump right into it. Right. And then like, you know, um, maybe, maybe it is an opportunity where it doesn't like pay super well in the beginning, but like what you gain from that is like the experience. And that I think is just worth a lot more. So absolutely. That actually made me think of uh, one more thing. So I'm sorry, but, um, is there any type of like forum or I don't know, group or community of people that are just like maybe um, all I can think of is like from Silicon Valley, like the startups, <laughs> but is there anybody that is trying to make maybe independent video games? They're just getting started and that that voice talent could kind of even work with them of saying like, listen, I'll even do your video game for free or really, really low price because I need to get the experience, but then they also could use that as well. Do you know of any? Yeah. Um, 
I think that, uh, so yeah, the, the USC program that I went to, uh, USC game pipe, um, it's like a lab that they have there. They mm-hmm. like, they make really great games and some of them have actually like won like GDC awards for like, uh, some of them were like innovation student games or some of them were actually just like, uh, non-student games too, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would definitely say that that's a great place to, uh, you know, <laughs> collaborate with people. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, I think like a lot of, like on Reddit, <laughs> there's just like a lot of groups too that yeah. do offer that. Um, and, you know, I know we can't go to GDC or, I mean, the GDC is very different now with the COVID stuff, right. but that's definitely a great place to just network as mm-hmm. well. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> great. Andrea, thank you so much for just sharing your experience, your expertise, and so much great information. So I really, really appreciate it. And um, if you have any questions or anything, then we'll we'll put some links down below. Um, You can email me or you can contact us at the studio. Um, And yeah, so thank you so much, Andrea. We really appreciate it. And thanks so much for being such a great company being here in Atlanta and I just have to say welcome y'all <laughs> thank you so meaning much meaning one person pleasure. meaning you <laughs>